beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy and it is your boy trev and we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscar worsty podcast thursday show acting direct where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar winning actors who took their turns behind the camera zach what are we watching this week we're with our man denzel and we're watching fences from 2016 it's the adaptation of August Wilson's Pulitzer Prize winning play of the same name about the life and times of a working class American, African-American family in Pittsburgh. All right. This is everybody's first time watching Fences. No. Yes. No for me. Tram, do you remember the first time you watched Fences? Uh, sometime when it came out in my living room. But the first go round... I thought it was just good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so not only is this not my first time seeing it, which I watched it in the run up. I didn't get to see this one in theaters because 2016 was a hard year for me, but uh, I did watch it in the run up to the Academy Awards, especially after it got nominated for some awards we'll discuss in a moment. But this is uh, not my first time with Fences. Mm. seen the play a couple times uh i even did some prop work for it once nice uh and i'm a big fan of august wilson so this was an adaptation i was rather happy to watch excellent do you have something for us i was gonna say so uh (laughs) let's talk about those oscars that i just mentioned in an oscar breakdown so you're saying you do have something for us i do a shiny box of gold. And not just my pee-pee. Ooh. Oh, Lord. So the wee-wee. The balls, too. No, I meant my pee-pee. My, my urine. Oh, thank you. I don't, I don't know where this is going. I apologize to everybody that's... Not... No, no, we don't need to apologize. Uh, we get Fences. Pun- punchy. Fences, nominated for Best Picture. Hmm. Which it loses to Moonlight. Take the play there. No, that's... Probably only one other film in this category that I would have chosen above it. Okay. That's a right. Uh, I guess we're just going to go ahead and skip over Best Director, just like the Academy did. Mm. Uh, Best Actor, Denzel Washington, nominated, loses for some inexplicable reason to Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. So one of the biggest crimes in Oscar history. Big old crime. In fact, this category is pretty much trash outside of uh, Denzel Washington. Not a fan. And I like every single one of these actors that that's in this category. Not for these. Every single one of them. Yeah. What are we? Uh, oh, I've I've been pretty vocal about my disdain for Casey Affleck. Oh, fair enough. Probably a shit person, but. Uh... Uh, even acting in, wise, I've just never been a fan of uh, the assassination of Robert Ford. Or uh, I like him in Gone, Baby Gone. Yeah, that's good. 
assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. But, but I do not blame Trap. No. Um, best supporting actress Viola Davis wins in a bit of category fraud, I believe. Yeah. Should have been nominated for and won lead. Yeah. And uh, best adapted screenplay going to August Wilson, who is the only credited screenwriter for this by the fact that he was dead by the time that they adapt, adapted this film. Uh, and that loses to Moonlight. And I'm looking around and I think, I think that's it. I don't mm. think they gave it anything below the line. Didn't get nominated at score. It didn't get nominated in the sound categories. Somehow did not get nominated for Best Cinematography. That would go sometimes, boys. Mm. That's it. That's our Oscar breakdown. All right. All right. So, starting off, I feel a little unqualified to talk too much with you having um, experience with the stage material. Mm -hmm. um, because I think this is an excellent movie. My, my complaints are that it feels very stagey. And I don't know how similar, if it's just like all the dialogue and everything is the same. A lot of the staging is the same. I don't know. Cause I haven't seen this stage play, but I, uh, I mean, I can't one-to-one -one tell you if it's just the script lifted onto the page, but right. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of dialogue. So yeah. But like they, they brought in a lot of people to do rewrites on it. Mm, okay. At least punch up like, yeah. Denzel did his own rewrites. Spike Lee apparently came in and did rewrites. Tony Kushner came in and did rewrites. So, uh, <laughs> but it it is the play. It yeah, like scene to scene, character to character. Like there's there's nothing taken out, particularly except maybe lines of dialogue. Mm. Yeah. So the obvious points about this are Denzel and Viola Davis are amazing. They're and sensational. Incredible. Some of the best um, acting I've probably ever seen. Yeah, I mean, they they did a revival of this play together. Right. And it won Best Revival of a Play at the Tonys. I believe Viola Davis won Best Actress at the Tonys. Yeah. Like, yeah, so they, they are just... Now she's EGOT. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that happened before we did this episode. Yes. Um, yeah, so they're just kind of know each other as actors and uh, know the material quite intimately. And they just move those performances onto screen. And God damn, do they do such a good job at it. That said, no, go ahead, Trav. Trav's being real quiet. I've, what do you say about a movie? Like, what am I going to say that <laughs> ain't really already being said? I mean, I have, I thought it stretched beyond Denzel and... Viola Davis, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. um, Rus I don't know how Russell Hornsby isn't in more things. Yeah. But, uh, like, the dude's great in literally everything. Everything. But he's barely in stuff. So, like, I don't, I don't know how. This dude's, like, in, like, nothing for real. The dude's but, incredible. Denzel um, saw him. He was like, you need to come on. Come on. Hey, you need to come on. I remember the first time I had seen him in something was um, the uh, Get Richard I Try and 50 Cent movie. Mm -hmm. He played like the up and coming leader 
taking over the gang or whatever. And yeah. then he was also the main guy, the second main guy in Grimm. I used to love the show Grimm. Leanne liked that show a lot. Huh? Leanne liked that show a lot. Oh, man, it was so good. The problem was it was pretty much the same show with Supernatural, except in fairy tales. And it was on at the same time Once Upon a Time was on. And mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time was just like blockbuster television. So it just couldn't compete with that. But, yeah, yeah I don't know why his career never really took off, but he's incredible in this. Yeah. And I thought um, the son, I can't think of his yeah. name. Joe Adepo. Yeah. Dude, that dude's incredible. Yeah. No, he was great. You know who? You know who really just blew me away in this film though? Michael T. Williamson, the the brother, oh, the brother. Oh, yeah. Bro. Bubba from Forrest Gump. Dude. <laughs> and you wouldn't oh. even know. You know what no, I mean? He, he didn't have a condition. He, yeah, and, and it doesn't stray into like any kind of parody or anything. No, no, he, it doesn't. It is very so accurate, and <laughs> it's like um, it's kind of like what De Niro tried to do in uh, the movie with Robin Williams, right? Uh, uh, Awakenings, yeah. Awakenings, yeah. It seemed to have frozen. Yes, <laughs> and it messed me up. Like it messed up my train of thought. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were frozen at first. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, "Paul's really pondering Paul over here." Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, back of the book uh, author's photo kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> good old Paul Silverstein of it. Paul Workman <laughs> is a trained actor. Jesus credits and director. Have you have you ever? Listen to Shell Silverstein sing. Yeah, I've incredible. been meaning to. It's, it's incredible. frightening. <laughs> it's, no, it's yeah. incredible. He's a really good singer. He just has that like Tom Waits kind of quality to his voice. <laughs> a weird guy, uh, that Shell Silverstein. But yeah, I mean, of course. I was looking at the the cast too. Stephen McKinley Henderson was great as <laughs> Bono. Dude, mm, I yes. Mean, oh God. When's he not good? I was gonna say he's good all the time. He Dang. he's even good at Dune. Damn it. Yeah, for like the four <laughs> lines he gets. He's <laughs> I I haven't seen Jovan Nadepo in anything else really because I haven't seen a lot of his new stuff. I see he's in Babylon. You should see Overlord. Oh yeah. Oh, incredible. Overlord is one of the simplest action horror films <laughs> ever made. They they get into the story, they tell it effectively, and they get out. And, they get and he's out, dude. It's great so in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a seriously underrated, um, like war horror. Film. Yeah, and it's really? and it's like a buck thirty. Like it, okay. it's everything you want a movie to be. Yes, nice. for sure. And it's got so many crazy twists and turns. Yeah, as it goes on, it's pretty good. Yeah the 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 uh, economy of storytelling in that film is. Spot on. <laughs> John, who was he in Babylon? Sidney Palmer. Who was that in Babylon? I'm trying to remember him in Babylon because I just watched it, but I can't think of his character in Babylon. Was he the trumpet player? Yeah. Oh, God, he was. Oh, he <laughs> he's the black actor that they spent two minutes in the film on. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one, The one that they do one of the worst things in the film to and then leave him out of the movie yeah, for about 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's one of my 
my biggest complaints about that film is that they don't. Well, I I know we're going, but it's it's kind of like when we talked about in Suburbicon. It's like either tell the story or don't tell the story. Either yeah. tell this dude's story or just leave it completely out of the movie. They should just left it completely out of the movie. But and I I, I get why it's part of the movie, but we're not here to talk about Babylon. I need to yeah. I need to get off this because I will complain about that movie for a while. It's it's not a bad get movie. off the fence. Yeah, but anyway, this film, this film, what it. So I had forgotten a lot about the plot of the film mm-hmm. and um, it's so crazy because you really don't see a whole lot of roles where you dislike Denzel as a human being. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy how the movie starts and this is a, he's, he's got some old school mentality, but he's still like a good dude. You feel like, and mm-hmm. then towards the end of the movie, you're like, this dude is just complete shit. He just, he Takes continues just, yeah. I, I like it though. Cause like you, I like you just, it too. Yeah. you continue to watch this human being just deteriorate as a human being because he can't let go of the past. And I like that this film is about fathers and sons in a way of like, you're never fully free of them. Your, your mm. fathers. Yeah. And eventually you just kind of become them. Hmm. And it's it's a cycle that's as old as time, kind of like, you know, he talks about his father and how horrible and abusive his father was. And then he just kind of turns out to be the same thing. And then when his son comes back in the end after his death, his mom's like, you're pretty much just your father reborn. Like, yeah, I I always uh, get struck emotionally by films that deal with that lot of stuff for mm-hmm. personal reasons. Um, I don't uh, I don't fully get that, though, you know. With Corey, as of the moment, I'm at at the end because he maybe just the stubbornness, um, but he uh, seems like a better man already. Um, well, I'm sure they seemed like his dad was a better man once he turned his life around. But... Yeah, and I, I guess there's no knowing. I don't know if Corey. I guess he didn't divulge, perhaps, what happened before he left to join the Marines. Because it the, it doesn't address it exactly if um, anybody else knows that you know, his father almost choked him out with the bat. Yeah. I mean, in, in all fairness, um, he was swinging the bat at, at his dad. And his dad was like, you going to swing that at me. You better hit me. True. Because if you don't, I'm going to put you on your fucking ass. And he put him on his fucking ass. Honestly, I was all for that. Like, hey, you going to swing uh, the bat at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better hope yeah. you fucking hit me or I'm going to put your ass down. I mean, and as as easily as he just kind of snapped out of it, there wasn't like a like a moment of recognition of, oh, no, I'm choking my son. He's just kind of like, look, I just need you to know that I'm always in control and I'm and you cannot best me like this is this is who you are. Like he he was never going to choke him out, but he was going to he was going to show him that he could for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and it all led up to that, too, because, you know, you had the strike, the second strike typing out again with the baseball analogies going Mm -hmm. on throughout the film. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so great how that this whole, he puts like these life analogies around baseball Mm -hmm. and the final blow between their relationship comes from the baseball on the tree and the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, baseball ruined his life, quote unquote. Yeah. 
Dude. That's Dude. that's fucking A plus storytelling, <laughs> goddammit. It is. And you know, I I struggle. I'm still thinking about that. I know the he had the bat to him showing that he's in control, but just his all his shit that he's done to um to his family leading up to that, it's just like I almost wanted his son to hit him. <laughs> like like the like his anger was deserved. And the son put up with so much shit. And I understand that he's a kid and you gotta respect your elders a little bit, but like Yeah. I mean you still can't uh, go hitting people with baseball bats. <laughs> like, yeah. And mean, if you're <laughs> and if you're gonna threaten to hit someone with a baseball bat, you better fucking do it. Yeah, hit him in sure. the knee. Take <laughs> his kneecaps out. It. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just you don't see Denzel a lot mm-hmm. kind of be the bad guy in a film he's always yeah. like again the inspirational black leader you know the right and he turned out to at the end towards the end just be a complete piece of shit for sure i was so shocked when he was cheating on his wife i that really caught me off guard i, I like how much they set it up though yeah but you, like, you you think he's oh he's not gonna do anything he loves his wife um yeah but like every time, every time him and Bono are talking, Bono's always like, "Oh, you're getting real close with that girl down the bar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, I do think the movie starts off a little bit slow. It's like Zach said, that's the only time where I feel like the film's real stagey. Is the first fifteen twenty minutes is just two dudes talking, talking shit for like twenty minutes. And I do think if you can get past that, the movie really does start to pick up. But I do think it's a little bit of a slow start. I don't mind a lot of the dialogue because a lot of it's interesting good. But I do think the the movie could be maybe about 20 minutes shorter. Um, And there's your 20 minutes. The the (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of setup and it shows that there's some real love there. And, you know, they have that kind of. Uh, back and forth, um, playful, aggressive relationship. Um, huh. I, I didn't take it as playful at all, personally. I I thought he just sounded like the way my grandpa talks to my grandma. Like, yeah. yeah. Just no way that you should talk to your wife. True, but it's also that, like, everybody loves Raymond kind of thing, you know, where you together so long that you just start to shit talk each other. and and But it's done in love i i mean it's not my style but i i i, I hear well, we that know, I, we know what your style is sir <laughs> um but i really i like denzel had the bravery to <laughs> film himself so uh unappealing you know he's this sex symbol former sexiest man alive and he's filming himself there with his gut out and his wife beater i'm like <laughs> <laughs> looking like samuel jackson and black snake moan yep <laughs> <laughs> and his talks with you know uh death and stuff are very very cinematic i i i will say i know paul disagrees uh from what he said earlier i i wasn't really taken with the cinematography that much i thought it i thought it was kind of standard fine but yeah I'm, oh, I'm, with, I'm with you i thought it was just it was it was fine it was good there were, there were shots in this movie that absolutely took my breath away I think this is a beautifully shot. You actually, couldn't breathe. Pause. I was just saying. Yes, and I, yeah, I couldn't. 
can now. <laughs> Thinking of shots. Well, I mean, for me and Zach, you haven't breathed in probably about five minutes now. I think Charlotte Bruce Christensen is doing great work. I um, it's one of those things. Personal taste. I just I don't mind. Typically, you know, it's an adaptation of a play, and it looks like a play. But I just feel like there is more that maybe could have been done visually with the film. And as much as you know, the brother is an awesome character. It feels very much like a character coming on stage and going off stage, rather than a natural part of the world that we're viewing. And I'm maybe that's intentional too, because for some uh, thematic reason. But I don't know. But you know, the acting and the dialogue and the performances of monologues and things. It's just Top tier. Yeah, her her speech to the son about attending the funeral is fucking top tier mm-hmm. acting. I mean, if you want to see how it's done, that's the that, scene to watch right there. That, the fucking scene where he comes in and tells her that he's, che- he's cheating on her. He's been yeah. cheating on her, and he is going to be the father of this baby. Go and be a daddy. Like That's her, another uh, oh shit moment. Because it's like you her, find out he's cheating. And then I never see that, okay, not only is he cheating, the motherfucker having a baby with her. Like, Yeah, her her reaction and trying to keep herself together while his brother is standing there trying to give her a rose is yeah. just oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that quiet acting. Mm-hmm. Top tier, how Emma Stone gets Best Actress and... Viola Davis gets put in supporting while she is the lead of this film is right. insanity. Yep. 100% agree. Yeah, and I don't know if it has to do with screen time because, like, she didn't have equal screen time to Denzel. So it's like, no, that's doesn't the have justification. I, I, don't, I know yeah. we've talked about it before, but so she, she is the lead actress of the film. There's no other actress that has more screen time. So she's the lead actress, but technicalities, right. yeah. right. whatever. And fucking Anthony Hopkins wins best actor for Silence of the Lambs, and he's on screen for, for like twenty That's minutes. Right, right. right. And so, <laughs> yep. Make it make it make sense. Make it make sense. <sighs> but yeah, there's uh, really not much to say about this film except it's amazing. It's yeah. Incredible. And yeah. It's, it, we uh, kind of joked about it off air after we finished recording yesterday's episode. But Paul, this is a fucking emotional set of difficult films this week yeah this felt drained by the end of it i mean in all the best ways because they're all all everything we talk about this week has been great art it's just like wow i'm I'm relieved to get back to best animated a little bit (laughs) yeah i can't i can't wait for next week's movie on this show about uh oh a uh man who dies in war what oh shit (laughs) great (laughs) Oh, but we'll have some balance, some <laughs> Disney fair, and some war, war all around Disney war. Yeah, uh, fences. Where do y'all put and this for as Denzel performances? As far as Denzel performances, oh, is this, geez, is this top five? Sure, uh, top five. I, I don't necessarily have them ranked. I'm I'm probably always going to go Malcolm X with number one, just because. Yeah, that's a. It's, geez, that's a good one. It's one. It's and it doesn't have to be drama ever. too. I mean, yeah, if, I'm, I, if, I'm, I was gonna. If you feel like 
his performance in the equalizer is top top five for dead zone mm. that's what you feel you know what <laughs> i mean but i'm just asking you know for y'all is this a top five denzel performance i'm looking at his uh filmography right now you know i i've never seen any of the equalizer movies or man on fire for that sake i'm, I'm gonna watch it eventually but I... I like man on fire it's dated like it's a product of the era that it came out in so mm. it's not as good as it is now mm. yeah than it was when it came out but it's a good film yeah you know, I'm I'm the easy target. I'll say Malcolm X and Glory and Training Day are all good, and he should have at least three Oscars, probably. I'd put this actually above Training Day. Um, oh, he's so good, and he got game. Mm. Uh, and I mean, again, American Gangster. American mm. Gangster, he's excellent in that film. Yeah. Uh, him, and, him and Spike Lee have just made some amazing films together, because he's great in Mo Betta Blues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh he's, he is a peak sexiness and much do about nothing. <laughs> God, I ain't seen that movie in a long time. I haven't seen that since <laughs> high school English. Since I was he, gonna say probably about since high school. I said it about I said it about Michael Jordan, I'll say it about Denzel and uh much ado about nothing. That man is a fucking buffet. <laughs> <laughs> in Philadelphia, he's he's incredible in Philadelphia. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna put it out there. He's great in The Preacher's Wife. What a good movie. I've never seen it. I've never what seen a, that one. What a great remake. Uh, was it The Bishop's Wife? The Bishop's Wife. Yeah. So, so for me, I don't even think this is top five Denzel performance, and it's still a fucking Oscar performance. Like, mm. And it's not even top five. Like, Okay. It might be top five. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm having, like, I would have to watch every Denzel performance to even begin to. He, he's got something that you forget about. Like, dude, the Pelican Brief is right? so good. It's in my box. And he's <laughs> so good in that film. I didn't know Pelicans even wore underwear. Oh, nah. They definitely <laughs> don't. Definitely don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Fences, man. It's emotionally raw. Another one that I've uh, talked to friends um, who watch this film and they're like, damn, that's identify too much with it. It's a one time watch. Uh, and I can get that, too. It, there's a lot of things that make me sad, and uncomfortable on a personal level mm-hmm. and um, cathartic a bit to watch it. Like I identify with Corey a lot, especially uh, <laughs> that being my middle name. So I was like. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I I think just because a movie, this is not a super rewatchable movie at at by far, but neither is Fruitvale Station. Yeah. And so is, yeah. the rewatchability sometimes doesn't factor into how great a film is. Right. Right. And for me, yeah, Fences doesn't have the rewatchability factor because. It's a little lengthy and it's just not that kind of a movie. Yeah. But I still can't take away from how just incredible the the film is. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to me, it's all on the actors so uh shoulders. Like yeah. there's nothing about the script that says this is amazing writing. I feel like they turned it into mm. into that. I think there's some amazing writing, but I think they definitely elevate it. Uh, 
I agree more on the first count and the second count, like watch James Earl Jones play this character. It's it's the writing. Does he play this character in the thing? Because you know what's so he, funny? He, he was the uh, he was original. the Broadway original. I kind of feel like James Earl Jones is this character in the Sandlot. <laughs> Just you don't get any of the story. He's he's this character in the Sandlot. If if he would have lived, if he would have played baseball. Uh, yeah. I I love uh, final final real thought from me. It's just all the the history of Denzel being unable to let go of the past and kind of the the spite and the bitterness, and it's all well earned and well deserved. He's he's right to be so bitter about the things that have happened to him and the just because of his race, yeah. um, but just the way that that family trauma can carry down and you have to work on um, breaking those cycles and letting go of the bitterness so that the next generations can thrive. Well, right. I've, I don't know. I've always felt like the most successful men had a woman by their side that they was listening to. Mm-hmm. And maybe if this man listened to his woman a little bit more, uh, things would have turned out a little bit different. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he listened enough to not throw his life away completely. But if not for her, he would have succumbed to the drink or been in jail or whatever. Got gone back to Robin. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get on with some worsty mm. judgments. And Trav, where's this sitting on your Denzel rankings? Denzel rankings. Well, I know Zach likes to do his... I'm going to do what Zach kind of does and do my Denzel rankings and kind of rank it total on our acting direct. But this is definitely... I rank this four and a half stars. Again, really that half a star just comes from... I feel like the first 15, 20 minutes is just me watching two old black country dudes gossip and talk you know shoot the shit and talk once that's kind of where the they lost that half a star for me was it's just kind of a slow beginning but four and a half stars easily his best directed film so far by nine and uh i don't think i can put it above one night in miami but it's definitely sitting at number two overall so far all right zach where's the sitting on your denzel rankings um, so I think it's excellent and I really enjoy it. Uh, there's some things that I, you know, that I would like to have got from it more, um, cinematically. I gave it four stars and the, I mean, all four of those stars are from the actors. Um, I have it in the middle of, I think great debaters is a more engaging movie for me personally. Um, just above Antoine Fisher. So the great debaters had four and a half Antoine Fisher and this both have four. I have this as my number five overall. So it's one night, Miami, good night, good luck, great debaters, night of the hunter. And then fences. That's where I am. That's where he is. Fair enough. And where are you at Paul? Uh, five stars. No notes. Number one. Okay. Number one. That's film. We've watched so far, and best film with Denzel's. Nice. Uh, nice. 
I chalk that all completely up to the fact that I have a long relationship with this play and it is a, a perfect play and it is a perfect movie. Perfect. There you go. I appreciate your experience. Your insight. My love of James Earl Jones. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to call it here. Trav, let people know where they can find you on the media social. Of course, I am on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K. Also on the TikToks and the letterbox at the same name. And your boy has been watching a lot of those Oscar shouties. Mm. But your boy also finally saw Megan. Did I talk about seeing Megan last week? I think I did. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I've been watching a lot of those shorts. And uh, it's been I a fun to, time. I need to watch time. the mole hole this week. Oh. The, the mole hole? Yeah. I need to. I need to get on looking up some movies. Look it up. Look it up. Oh, All right. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-E-S-T-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd, by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men uh, on TikTok, where Justin Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd. And this week I was... It's kind of slow in my film watching this week, but I did manage to watch The Quiet Girl, which is currently nominated for Best International Feature. Mm. Uh, also, five star, no notes. Cried like a baby. As opposed to. I don't understand the question. Like a full, like a full grown man crying? No, he said cry like a baby. I'm just applying, you know. Paul cries every film he sees, damn it. So Damn it, why did this come up on both fucking shows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weepy He loves movies. I'm a weepy little person who I'm only a weepy feels the, little person. Who only feels emotions when I watch movies. Podcast <laughs> t shirts. Let's we need to set up a store. I felt it. Fifty dollars for a hoodie. We answered the background calling me a liar. <laughs> oh, you're crying all the time. Other times, huh? I, okay, yeah, I just cry. Like that's all I do. That's all I do. So I sit. I in enjoy truck, a good cry. I honk the horn at kids and I cry. <laughs> uh, I used to sit on my lunch breaks, listen to the Cure, and cry. <laughs> Very cliche, I know. Uh, well, speaking of cliches, what are we watching next week? We are watching a journal for Jordan, not Michael B., but you can rent it on Amazon, Google, Hulu, Philo, Vudu, or YouTube. Uh, right. And with that, Trav. Hey. Hey, thanks a lot for producing our show, buddy. Oh, hot daddy beefcakes. Yeah, five star, no notes. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also like to thank... Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsworthy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Give us five stars because Paul deserves it. Trav deserves it. I only deserve four and a half, but don't hold that against the, the podcast. Ah, uh, the Zach. 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 <sighs>
No more sad movies for a little bit. (laughs) So, for Zach, Trav, and Michael T. Williamson, God, he's so good. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day.